Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. Chad Franzen here, co-host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done, Michael Gerber of The E-Myth, and many more. This episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. Have you had team members ask you the same questions over and over again, and this is the 10th time you've spent explaining it? There's a better way and a solution. Sweet Process is a software that makes it drop-dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. Not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but first responder government agencies use them in life-or-death situations to run their operations. Use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time so you can work Focus on growing your team and empowering them to do their best work. Sign up for a free 14-day trial, no credit card required. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T process.com. Rohit Sharma is a growth-oriented business transformation leader with a proven track record of delivering financial and social impact globally. He currently serves as the chief operating officer of Thrive DX, a leader in digital skills training, where he's responsible for driving product design and development, operational delivery and learner outcomes. Rohit, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me on the show. My pleasure. Hey, so uh, tell me a little bit more about what Thrive DX does. So we are a digital skills training company. Uh, and what we do is we partner with higher education institutions here in the U.S. Uh, to provide bootcamp style uh, educational offerings to mostly working adults who are looking to reskill or upskill themselves in the areas where there's the biggest skills gap that is happening due to digital transformation. So our current offerings include offerings in the area of cybersecurity, digital marketing, UI UX, software development, and data science. So uh, what is involved in your day-to-day role as COO? So um, like I said, we offer these uh, programs. These programs are offered on a part-time basis um, because we are targeting working professionals like you and me and uh, they are delivered by industry experts. So our instructors are industry experts who are delivering this program. So if you think about it, my day-to-day role involves making sure that the content that we are providing to uh, our our learners is kept up to date uh, with the latest uh, of what's happening in the industry. Our instructors who are professionals coming uh, and working with us are provided the necessary training because while you may be a subject matter expert, not everybody is born a teacher. So we provide them the basics of how to be a good instructor in the class, how to manage a class, and then also making sure that our learners are engaged. So from the platform, the content, everything is provided to them seamlessly, and then focusing on those who are interested in helping us uh, land the next job, providing them with the uh, tools and processes as well as the support that is needed to help them. Uh, get to the next level in their career. One thing I'd like to talk to you about in, in your role at, as COO is scaling operations. Can you define how you, how you or can you give me your definition of scaling operations? Sure, sure. So look, uh, scaling operations are sometimes also known as, you know, how do you create operating leverage in a business is uh, simply defined uh, the way I look at it. And it's a bit of a financial definition is that to deliver every incremental dollar of revenue 
Um, can you do it at incrementally less cost than you did for the last dollar of revenue that you brought in? So as you're scaling the business, it should cost you overall less and less cost to deliver that same uh, incremental amount of revenue. What are some things that you have done or used in your career for scaling operations? Look, I think um, it's uh, there's no one magic bullet. And I'm sure as you talk to different leaders, they'll define um, uh, several different things. And sometimes it's also contextual, Chad, in the, based on the industry you're in, the life cycle of the company, the funding you may have gotten, as well as starting points. Some companies invest a lot upfront that gives them certain uh, scale benefits later on. But uh, in my experience, uh, irrespective of that, there are three things that have worked for me. Uh, one is uh, looking at uh, automations. These are task automation, workflow automations. Um, second is also periodically, uh, you need to look at how you're organized as a company, how you're, especially on the operation side, but also other parts of the company. And then finally, uh, ability to uh, leverage on data uh, to make the right decisions and focus on the right things. So those are the three pillars that I focused on. Can we? Can you expand on some of those pillars, starting with workflow automation? Sure. So look, I think if you think about any business that starts off at any stage, you know, you start, especially we are a startup company. So in the beginning, you start doing many things manually. Right. And then some, over time, you realize as the company starts to grow that this is just not, quote unquote, scalable. So a very simple thing that all of us can relate to, even if you're not in the education industry, is because we've been on the other side as a learner is attendance. So think about, you know, tracking attendance as simple a task as that. Somebody has to take an attendance. Right. So if you think about in a virtual setting like this, um, as you come into the class and I see all the Zoom windows popping up as an example, I can go and mark it uh, physically in, uh, let's say a Google sheet. And then that has to be fed into another system that actually is the uh, system of record for attendance. And as you can imagine, even a simple process like this is fraught with errors. Sometimes I forget to take off a box, but imagine if we can leverage on technology and see that, you know, if there's a window of um, uh, different Zoom windows, and technology is tracking that how, if out of a one hour class, let's say, if people are not just present as in logged in, but also engaged for, for let's say even 45 out of the 60 minutes, you can define your own threshold. So there's software that, that can track that, you know, are you actively engaging? Are you nodding? Are you listening? Did you ask a question? All of those parameters you can define so that the system is calculating and actually putting in the attendance in the system of record rather than somebody going and manually doing that as an example. Wow, that's a that's a that's an interesting development. Um, what about re re reorganization that you alluded to? Kind of reorganizing yeah. yourself. Yeah, reorganizing, and you know, oftentimes when you think about scaling, uh, this is uh, sometimes overlooked because just like um, it is, it is difficult to do. Um, uh, you know, whether, especially if you are a very high growth company, uh, you, you probably need to at least go back and revisit and relook how you're organized periodically. That periodically may mean every six months, sometimes nine months, a year, because as the business has grown, you need to think about things differently. And this is not just uh, reporting relationships, but also how communication flows between different departments and how collaboration happens within your company. So as an example, you know, a company, uh, a startup company lands its first client who, and let's say it's an email automation company, I'm making it up. Uh, 
and, and the first client happens to be in the real estate business. You know, they want to do everything to make sure that the client is happy. So everything is organized around that client. The next client, let's say the land is a insurance company. And they like, this is a first client in the insurance company. So let's build everything around it. The third client happens to be in retail. So we'll do the same thing around it. But then obviously over time, you realize that you've built three different organizations that are pretty much doing, if not the same, but similar tasks. And so you have to relook at yourself and then people start to uh, organize these functions um, as let's say customer service in general and say, how can we serve all our customers while recognizing there may be certain differences between you know, each of the industry segments that we are serving. So in our case, as an example, if you think about you're a student in a virtual environment attending these training programs, you interact with uh, several different uh, uh, people uh, as part of your experience. So you have an instructor um, who's leading the class, like I mentioned, that's an industry expert. We also have a teaching associate to help the instructor in the class. So interacting with those people on a daily basis, then we assign what we call student success managers who are responsible to making sure they work with you to ensure that the cohort uh, as such is successful, any issues or problems you're having, we'll, uh, they are the first point of contact to help resolve. Then uh, for those who are interested in getting a job, uh, work with our career coaches who are guiding them around uh, you know, defining their job search strategy, their resume review, their LinkedIn profiles, and all of those things. So even in a, a situation context like this, you're interacting with so many people now, obviously, as you think about the instructor management function is separate from a student support function, which is separate from a career outcomes function. And so as simple as that, you the first step could be, you know, are they reporting into the same uh, organization that helps for better flow of communication? But more importantly, rather than just reorganizing that, because some of these roles have very different skill sets, you want to look at how communication flows happen between these different groups. How often are they meeting to discuss the cohort in general? Because then we could come together as a group and say, okay, you know, from my interaction with the students in this cohort, you know, Chad or Rohit may have certain um, uh, concerns about uh, landing the right kind of a job. So, hey, career coaches, can you work? Uh, specifically with them because they're interested in getting to the West Coast and working in a high growth startup as an example. Um, so even things like that, how you reorganize the cadence of meetings you're having, as simple as that, what is the information that is being shared in those cadence of meetings to arrive at the right decision helps scale because when we talk about scaling, what ends up happening, if you're not constantly rethinking these things, the same set of discussions are happening in three parts of the company. And so when you think back, everybody is busy, but you are not getting the efficiencies from the system. How often would you say it's necessary to kind of um, do that kind of an assessment of yourself? Uh, like I said, you know, if uh, like we are a, a high growth company, uh, we look at uh, how we are organized uh, every six months, uh, give or take. Um, and doesn't mean we change everything. Uh, we are uh, doing an assessment to see what parts may need to be tweaked, sometimes, sometimes changed. Would you say that there's usually a change that occurs every six months? You know, maybe if it's yes. not full scale. Correct. Yes, that, that, that has been at least uh, more, uh, more of the, my experience uh, mm -hmm. over the last, you know, working with startups, et cetera. What about uh, data analytics in terms of scaling operations? Yeah, no, look, I think um, uh, obviously this is a broad topic and, and um, besides, um, you know, ensuring that in this day and age, uh, you have the right data to work with is, is so critical. 
And obviously it goes without saying, there's the technical aspects of figuring out, you know, how data is captured, where it's stored, what's the platform you want to use, what's the tool for BI or visualization. But two things I would say, the first part starts with what I call just data literacy. And, and that to me is making sure that the right levels of the organization have the right set of data to work from. Um, and so, like I mentioned, I was giving the example of our you know, students who uh, uh, come to us. We wanna make sure that you know, our career coaches, our student success managers, our instructors have data that is relevant. And in this case, you know, we are looking at a bit in the rear view mirror, but at least it is giving us an indication of how we are performing. So as an example, if I'm an instructor, I'd want to know uh, how the class went, right? When I say how the class went, I want to make sure that, you know, you as a learner, did you learn something? Uh, was the session engaging? And if um, those things are not happening, I want to know before my next class, which may be in two days from now. There's no point looking at that data a month later and saying, wish I knew this earlier and I could have done, even though this is looking in the rear view, rear view mirror. So that's the first step around making sure that the right people have access to the right kind of data uh, in a timely fashion. But then you get to the next stage, which is, you know, that's where you start to become a, a bit more focused because, you know, as companies start to grow, there'll be so much data that is generated that you want to kind of focus on the right things, which is, you know, classic 80-20 to do more of the predictive kind of focus. So, can you focus on you know 20% of your customers that generate 80% of the revenue or the vice versa, 20% of sometimes problems take up 80% of your time? So as an example, if you think about a class of 30 students, um, our internal SOP as an example could be that, hey, uh, as a student success manager, you should reach out to your students once a week to check in on them, to make sure uh, you're checking with them on their progress, any issues they are facing and helping them resolve. So that's good. You know, suddenly, you know, from uh, you know, tens of students, now you have hundreds of students to thousands of students, and it starts to become a bit more challenging. And how about if instead of that, we were to refine and say, taking several different data points, making sure we look at your attendance record, making sure we look at your Zoom activity, making sure we are looking at your learning management system, how often you logged in making sure we look at your grades, making sure we look at the feedback that you've given us and take all of that, combine it with potentially your um, some of your the, the demographic information we have on you regards to your prior educational background, anything related to uh, work or income level. And we say that based on our historical track record, how we teach the kinds of students that have come to us, we have created a risk model that says that, you know, Chad is at a 70% risk of dropping and not completing the program if he has missed three classes in a row, if his grades in the last course were below a certain threshold, and that he hasn't logged in in the last seven days into his learning management system. So instead of now focusing on 30 students and reaching out to all of them, uh, I'm focusing on two, but also on a very targeted manner. So, and all that stuff can be tracked, like Zoom activity, things like that, that can all be tracked. Correct, correct, correct. That's the benefit of, you know, like I talked about, we are training people on digital skills, uh, on skills that, that uh, there's a big gap due to digital transformation, but there's so many benefits coming out of the digital transformation as well. I have one more question for you, but first tell me how people can find out more about Thrive DX. 
So yes, uh, obviously people can go on to thrivedx.com, um, but uh, uh, here in the US, as I mentioned, we partner, and when you go there, we partner with leading educational institutions uh, to offer these programs. So these programs are offered in conjunction with um, institutions such as the University of Miami, NYU, University of Michigan, Cal State Long Beach. Uh, so people can look at all our education partners uh, through which we offer these different uh, programs. My last question, what would you say is kind of like the next step or even the first step that somebody could do to kind of move down the road of effectively scaling operations? You know, everything starts with, first of all, um, uh, understanding and documenting the different roles and what people spend time doing. So, you know, even starting and, you know, a conversation like the one we are having and saying, you know, Chad, tell me about your typical day. What do you spend time doing? I think that that in itself is a simple thing, but can be very impactful in understanding where, especially where you have multiple people doing the same role. Um, uh, you can understand where people are spending time and that helps you then um, from a, a prioritization perspective, look at the impact. If you were to automate one task, two tasks, three tasks, you know, if 30, 40% of your time is spent on manual activities and if you were to automate that, uh, the amount of benefit that it would get, not just from cost savings, usually scaling is approached from a cost, cost uh, savings perspective. And yes, that is, Definitely part of the objective, but part of the objective is also to better serve uh, the business, the customers, uh, so that we are meeting them where they need. Okay, great. Hey, uh, Rohit, it's been great to talk to you today. I really appreciate your time and your insights. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chad. Thank you for having me. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of you know, the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. That's my